Episode 12 of Fall Down Territory is live. My name is Miles. I'm with my co-host Sam. Sam, Ravens are the first seed in the AFC. I Can can't believe, believe that? it. It's been a while. It's been a while. <laughs> saying that, obviously, it's only a few years since we were last sat at like 8-2 and two or 8-3 in the yeah, first seed. Yeah, was it Lamar's MVP season? <laughs> no, it was, no, it's the year when uh, it looked like it was going to be Lamar's MVP season until he got injured and everything injured, crumbled yeah. down around us. But, you know. That's fine. Hopefully this year goes a bit better than that one did. But it was a jam-packed week of NFL action. But first of all, we're going to dive straight into our stat of the week. What have you got, Sam? Uh, this one's sort of coming off the back of the last night's Chiefs-Eagles game, um, which was, you know, the main narrative through that was the wide receiver drops that we'll go through later. Um, but I just wanted to have a look at Patrick Mahomes. Did you know that 21% of all of his incompletions this season have come from drops? That's that just an unlucky quarterback. It's crazy. <laughs> it's crazy because he's still got like a, a, is it like 58 or 68%? I think he's got 68% completion percentage or something like that. So that's pretty crazy. You can see where they're going to address, well, yeah. what they're going to address in the offseason. You can see definitely them going into the draft and picking up a reliable receiver. Uh, that's not going to cause as many drops, yeah. especially with, who was it last night? It was Valdez Scantling. Valdez Scantling. Oh, yeah. it was brutal. Tough. Even Kelsey had a few, though, to yeah. be fair. It was on, it was on a lot of them. Kelsey yeah. had the huge fumble as well. Yeah, yeah. yeah. We'll get into that. Um, moving on to my one, I have got uh, Cowboys defensive back Deron Bland. Ooh, now, obviously, uh, he's got four pick sixes this yeah, season. Yeah, what guy? He actually has more <laughs> more receiving touchdowns this season than Devontae Adams, Chris Olave, and George Pickens, who are number one receivers for their respective teams. Yep. Now, would you believe, or do you think Deron Bland should be in the defensive player of the year conversation? <laughs> I thought you were going to say, do you think Deron Bland should be a wide receiver for the Cowboys <laughs> yeah. at this point? Should he be the number two <laughs> he seems to see to find the end zone, doesn't he? <laughs> Uh, oh, do I think he should be? Yeah, I think he should. He's definitely sneaking his way into a defensive player of the year conversation, isn't it? Because I don't know when pick sixes are stats that jump out, aren't they? I mean, yeah. they're forcing turnovers and then they're scoring points straight off them. And you know, being responsible for twenty fourteen points on the uh, on the year is crazy. It's always going to be tough to look past Miles Garrett and yeah. T.J. Watt. But I saw a post on Twitter. I can't find it now, but they compared Deron Bland's stats to Stephon Gilmore's oh, yeah. when he won it, and he is far and away having a better season really? than Stephon, wow. Stephon Gilmore. And that was Stephon Gilmore's total stats. Yeah. And this we're only in week 11. Yeah. He's got more interceptions. He's got more pass breakups. Like, uh, it's, it's, it's a crazy stat line. Mm. But it's just a guy that, I mean, I only really heard his name this week, obviously getting the pick six, but I didn't realize he had four already. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, I, I was watching the highlights of the Cowboys-Panthers game and I was just seeing like pick and I'm like I think I is that who I think is that, that is one? it's like yeah. Deron Bland and it's like oh he's taking it all the way as well brilliant yeah, it was absolutely crazy okay, yeah just can't believe that he's already done that mm. go on then Sam you can dive straight in to your Ravens <laughs> getting the first seed in the AFC and the Bengals having a huge loss with Joe Burrow and they're moving to 5-5 five and five. yeah it's tough isn't it Burrow out for the season now it's looking like um, definitely needing surgery it's you, you feel bad for the Bengals. I, I actually almost do. As a, even as a Ravens fan, I kind of feel bad for them by the way that, you know, Burrow started the season injured and now he's going to likely end the season injured. Uh, it's tough for them. Um, but, you know, he should have made the most of their Super Bowl window. Um, <laughs> <laughs> sorry, that's really hard. That was brutal. That's brutal. That's brutal. I'm sorry. Um, yeah, I mean, great performance. I think we came out, uh, came out playing well early. Uh, Lamar was throwing the ball well. Um, good to see Odell, Odell's little breakout game. But it was that, that first drive we did so well getting down the field and then Mark Andrews going down. That killed me. And I, I think, uh, what's his name? Logan Wilson mm-hmm. is a bum. He needs to sort himself out. Because I, I, I didn't think it was that dirty. I thought it was kind of like, it was just a tackle and he fell on him awkwardly. But what I didn't realise is that this isn't just like an isolated incident. Like he fell awkwardly on Lamar later in that game. There was a scenario last year where he tackled, um, oh, who was it? J.K. Dobbins, I think, last year, awkwardly. Um, and th- this guy, I don't know, he just seems like one of the... I'm not saying he's Vontez perfect, you know, <laughs> but it, it's like, you know... He doesn't wear number... Fi- does he wear 55? Oh, I don't know. It's 50, I, think I think it's 52. 52. I think I'm not sure. But, you know, it's, <laughs> it's just... The these, curse of the 55. It's, the curse, it's these <laughs> linebackers that just want to inflict extra punishment on their tackles. And I think I'm obviously very biased in saying this, but I don't know. It seems a little bit dirty. I, d- I did see a lot of hoopla on Twitter about how, mm. oh my God, the hip drop tackle should be banned. Exactly, but yeah. I really don't think it should be. Yeah. I think it's just because of, you know, they've been tackling like this for... 
God knows how many years. Like nothing's changed from it. I I then obviously the NFL are taking way more action with player you safety, know yeah, yeah player safety yeah. and but they they they're more leaning towards you know targeting and and leading with the head and things like that rather than hit. You can't take out the hit drop tackle because a lot of them are unintentional. Exactly. Aren't they? Yeah. yeah. And, uh, it's just it one was, of them. I think it's just one of them injuries. That, yeah. You know. Uh, obviously, it's annoying. They, even though the Ravens did announce, I don't know if yep. you saw it that he Good has news a. Today. A very slim chance of yeah. coming back towards the end of the season. You know, maybe maybe he comes back for the Super Bowl. <laughs> <laughs> we can hope. We can hope. Yeah. But yeah. Um, on the defensive side, how about uh, Justin Madubike getting another sack in this game? How many is um, he on now for the season? It's nine and a half on the year. It's eight straight with half a sack. I mean, he's he's been such a force on the D line, and it's almost painful because this is contract year for him. So he's going to be he's going to be in line another for Ravens big player money. that needs money. Yeah, he's going to be in line for big money. I'm I'm just hoping we can keep him um, because that's an incredible D line. We've really stepped up since Calais Campbell left last year. Um, so you know, yeah, great to see him performing. Um, and also, Odell Beckham with a vintage game, uh, 116 yards off four catches. It's just his classic run after catch. And uh, I don't know if you saw, you've seen the comparisons of his sideline catch where he stiff arms the corner and does that. Puts his stiff arm to his face, spins him, takes it down the sideline, then makes another guy miss. And it looked so much like there was the exact same catch. I want to say it was against Josh Norman when he was in the Giants. I Giants, Carolina. Yeah. And he and he did like the exact same thing, like stiff arms. Still got it. Go the old man the still got it. Yeah, it's just it's so good to see. Uh, really like. Did he get injured as well though? Did he take uh, it He went down from one play, I think, but he he continued. I'm pretty sure. Oh, okay. I'm pretty sure he came back in. Um, yeah, there was a lot of uh, a lot of injuries in that game, which is um, tough to see from both sides. But especially with the Bengals now leading on with uh, Jake Browning for the mm. rest of the season, obviously with Burrow down. Uh, I do feel bad for, you know, like Jamar Chase, T Higgins. T Higgins, obviously, contract year yeah. is the one that I feel the worst for. Just he's because... Lost, it seems like he's lost a lot of value this yeah. year, hasn't he? Yeah, yeah he hasn't played he obviously well. got injured towards the start of the season, mm. was injured for, obviously, Thursday Night Football and the week before that. Um, so he's not built up his value as no. much. Yeah. Um, <laughs> In ways that could be a good sign for the Bengals, they might have a slim chance of re-signing him. That's true. Highly doubt that with obviously Jamar needing a contract, yeah. Joe Burrow obviously just being paid. Um, you're going to see Joe Mixon relied on a lot more this season. Yeah, I feel like he'll be one of the most sought-after fantasy players. <laughs> yeah, in, uh, because most most leagues have their trade deadline this week, so mm-hmm. I believe Joe Mixon will be uh, <laughs> going for big bucks. He in, played in, well in against the Ravens yeah, as well. He, he it seemed like I was I was stressing every time he got the ball because he was just he was running the ball well. He was involved in the receiving game, um, and I think I tell you what I don't I don't think Browning did that badly when he came mm-hmm. in. I mean, we were talking about the Ravens defense. He, he's just been thrust into the start. And uh, I don't know. I think he was. I think he was all right. So you know, maybe the Bengals can still push for a wild card spot. Even you never know. Um, but it's getting tight in the AFC now, isn't it? It's getting really. It's tight. getting tight in the AFC North, especially with the next two teams being Cleveland and uh, Pittsburgh Steelers. Yeah. Huge, really close game. Yeah. Really, really close game. Uh, Browns obviously take the win. They move to seven and three. The Steelers six and four. But both teams still well within the playoff hunt. Um, but DTR. Yeah. Good, good start and debut. I can't believe he threw forty-three times. Yeah. That was incredible. Yeah, um, I think outside ev- of the interception, he played. He played all right. Everyone he, was yeah. really shocked because a lot of people thought, you know, Ford and Hunt were going to take the majority of the load. They were both going to get twenty carries each. Uh, both only just scraping over a ten carries each, and then DTR really was the the guy that the Browns lent on. Um, but. Well, obviously, Matt Canada's now been fired for yeah. the Steelers, which is definitely a bonus. Cause I thought Kenny... I could hear Steelers fans cheering in the distance <laughs> when it happened. I checked my phone, you know, it was, yeah. Because Kenny Pickett just looked woeful. Yeah, he looked no, he looked awful, didn't woeful. he? And this is, I, I'm, you're, you're saying that as a, a massive Kenny Pickett fan. Oh, I, I love Kenny Pickett, yeah. I really do. But no, <laughs> but not a good game for him. Jalen Warren, though, is was their only spark on offense. Yeah. He was fantastic. Obviously, he had the huge run, but he was, he was electric for them, really. At which point do you think they start they maybe flip the order. I, did, I, 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 I mentioned this last week. I, I really feel like they need to have him starting games. He's just he brings way more to to the offensive side of the ball than what Najee does. We've mm. seen Najee look so slow this year. Yeah, they've obviously said that they are one A one B. I think it should now start to move this week to one and two. So yeah, Warren just looks more explosive, doesn't he? He does. He does. Yeah. But as it, as it has been with the Steelers all season, really, um, the defense has still worked pretty well. 
Um, and I want to say one guy, um, Alandon Roberts, who's come in. Obviously, they've had Cole Holcomb and Quan Alexander both go on to IR. Mm. Alandon Roberts, I mean, he was playing around like 50, 60% of snaps before, like leading up to week eight. Last two weeks, played 90. And now I think this week he played every snap uh, and 15 combined tackles from him. So, you know, Steelers can be happy. Maybe they've had someone step up from the depth, down in the depth chart um, to just sort of give them some you know, give them some production from the linebacker spot, especially with losing guys like Quan and Holcomb that have, you know, just been playing really well this season up until the injury. Um, and the other thing, on the other defense with the Browns, what did you think to that near safety call with uh, Miles Garrett? Definite safety. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, Definite 100%. safety. I think the uh, when a player has their... It, well, think of it as a touchdown. If the ball even touches the line, it's a touchdown. Yeah. Kenny Pickett's both feet were... One was in the end zone and the other one was on the line. Therefore, I think it should be... Uh, yeah. a, a safety so well, that's the rule isn't it if yeah. the ball crosses the plane it's a safety so um and you could see the side on angle it definitely looked like it had done so yeah it seemed like a missed call there but you know brown's got the win in the end anyway so really it also matter. shows what force miles garrett is i mean he's scary obviously now up to 13 sacks already this 13. season we're 11 weeks in the season uh he's obviously got that the extra game this year compared to to past records yeah but michael strahan's record is uh is in uh is in, in the, the distance yeah he yeah. can see it he can definitely see it so i expect if he's gonna go for this defensive player of the year which i did predict at the start of the you season did, you did. Uh, i think that that record could easily be smashed um, let's move on to the Miami Dolphins versus the Las Vegas Raiders. Obviously, a Aiden O'Connell-led Las Vegas Raiders uh, weren't, wasn't able to get the run game going much, so was relied on a lot more in the passing game, and that was costly for them with three interceptions. Yeah, there's two favorite targets during the game were Devontae Adams and Jalen Ramsey, weren't they? I mean, Jalen Ramsey's pick right at the end was, <laughs> that was, incredible. Uh, was probably pick of the year. That was yeah. incredible. Such a, such a good play, obviously. When the Raiders were starting to come back, they had a chance to, to, to get back into the game at that point. But that was just incredible play. Yeah, it's almost when you see a quarterback having three interceptions, you wonder how the game's so close. Um, obviously, Tua had his own interception, but um, I don't know. I thought I I expected more from the Dolphins. I expected them to sort of put this game to bed. But um, yeah, no, it's quite close, um, especially with no run game and like a yeah a passing game that wasn't that strong. Yeah, with A. Chan going uh, down injured again, that's a bit worrying for some fantasy teams. But uh, this doesn't look like the the Miami Dolphins that we saw at the start of the season with yeah. the you know the explosives of offense and and this week they really struggled on third down, which <laughs> you know that just doesn't seem like a, a Miami team. They obviously went for it on fourth down as well, couldn't convert there. Um, but it just feels like the play calling has changed but ever so slightly. Um, you they've still obviously got the motions in, but there's less of the deep bombs involved yeah. to, to not just Tyreek, but getting Waddle involved, uh, getting Berrios involved, whoever, whoever they bring in. Uh, I feel like they're just trying to utilize Tua's, you know, reading of the game rather than, you know, come on, we've got the fastest receivers in the in the league. Yeah. Let's, let's we'll use just them. outrun. Yeah, you. exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Um, we're seeing most of it still produced at least. Um, and especially, like we said, with, if Achan's missing any more extended time or at least he... He only had the one carry in that game before he was injured. So 22 carries for most. Uh, it, it's funny we're seeing we, we're spending a lot of this. We've spent a lot of time this season talking about the uh, workhorse back and whether it's uh, whether it's dying off or whether we're going more to committees. But even with the Dolphins utilizing all their different running backs, I mean, we saw Salvan Ahmed get lots of like we saw Salvan Ahmed get lots of touches, especially through the receiving game. Um, but yeah, most just held the most of the carries and made the most of it, didn't he? Four yards a carry, so. Yeah, strong performance from him. Let's move on to the Detroit Lions with a comeback win against the Chicago Bears, 31-26. to The Lions moved to 8-2, and two, which I, I can't believe I just said that. The Detroit Lions are 8-2 and two in an NFL season. Yep. Uh, someone put it in our group chat of, uh, this is the best Lions team since 1991. That's right, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I, I think for as long as we've been fans of the NFL, this is just alien, really, isn't it? Yeah. We've seen, like, we, we got to see the latter heart end we got to see the end of Megatron's career mm-hmm. where, uh, you know, they had some, they, I don't know, they pushed playoffs a few we times. We saw them they, live. You know, yeah. We did, we see, did them see them live. Of course we Megatron's did. Megatron's yeah. final year. Yeah, of course we did. Yeah. But, um, you know, they weren't that good then, were they? <laughs> yeah, they weren't that good. <laughs> they, they got battered that they game got battered against by the Chiefs. Chiefs. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But, um, no, this is just the, uh, to quote Pat McAfee, the brand new Lions. Yeah, they they, are, they look playing so well. good. And I, I think it, it really shows just, obviously, with with Goff throwing the three picks, it's it shows one how well 
how good the defense are drilled yeah. to, you know, shut down the Chicago Bears. And, you know, Chicago Bears obviously is not known for a high-flying offense, but still, they're put, the offense got put in three very good positions from them interceptions. Yeah. Um, and also how good the offense is just to come back and actually score points. And and even with the, the three picks, be, be able to somehow get more than 26 points to yeah. win the game. <laughs> so they did, they did do a very good job throughout the whole, the whole well, both sides of the ball. Yeah, I mean, because Goff played pretty poor, didn't he? Yeah, he All did. things considered. I mean, I think I think Justin Fields had a great game. Um, I mean, he had the 100 yards rushing. He had a, that great touchdown throw to DJ Moore. But yeah, Goff, I mean, those three interceptions were poor. And I think it could have been like five interceptions. Mm-hmm. He had the one on the goal line that was almost a pick six. He had um, he had another one that was like straight to, uh, straight to one of the linebackers, I think. Yeah. And it was like, I, I don't really get what was up with him because everyone was pegging him as one of the starts of the week for fantasy which I'd fallen for because I, uh, I ended up paying for that but um, yeah I mean at least they can look at their run game and say well we've got the best two running backs in the business right now because mm-hmm. these guys are producing I mean almost 200 yards of offense between Monty and Gibbs they're both going to be ranked top 15 running backs yeah. in fantasy football which Austin I don't know if you've seen Austin Eckler's got the bet on as where in. if they've both finished top 15 he has to shave off his eyebrows oh no really? <laughs> and they are well on track to do that <laughs> so that's going to be a fun sight to oh, see oh that'd be good yeah um, I, I want to bring up uh, DJ Moore uh, I feel like he is one of the most slept on receivers in the league and if he was in any other offense he would he would I mean you know who could who could deal with the with Avenue is the Chiefs never yeah. drops a pass he's one of the most reliable receivers ever he's explosive obviously we saw on the touchdown uh, I, I just feel like he's he's so disrespected and uh, I think he proved today that he's at least a top 15 receiver in the league. Yeah, absolutely. No, yeah, he played really well. And I remember when, with all the trade rumours and him nearing free agency, we were thinking, Maryland kid, maybe you can get him in at Baltimore. But <laughs> unfortunately, it didn't happen. But, you know, he's, he's over in Chicago. He's, I don't know, he seems to be enjoying it there. That I mean, the way the Bears started the game, it seemed like they just scripted their offence so well to start the game. And Fields was making the throws. Dijamore was getting open. And, yeah, like we said, that long touchdown was just incredible play and i love the uh the commentary call of the one two punch that's got to be one yeah. of my favorite nicknames going well at the moment. right let's move on to the jags taking on the tennessee titans and uh, with a pretty convincing victory uh it only took the the titans till about the third quarter to start moving on offense uh and that really showed with the victory uh what the jags put up over 30 points again uh, but we were literally just having a conversation about Travis Etienne and uh, how his season's gone. Obviously, he had a bit of a quiet game this week. Uh, I was saying that he should, he's had he's at least a top three running back currently, uh, especially with the season that he's having. Yeah. Well, you, well, you said you said he was second. Like, I, you're, I you did think say he was the second. second best in the league, and my initial reaction was like, oh, no, no way. But as you start to look at the running backs this year, I feel like one thing that we haven't seen is I don't want to say consistency, but the guys who have been the top guys over the, like the last one or two years just don't seem to be anywhere near their previous levels, which I, I suppose speaks a lot to the uh, the way that running backs sort of deteriorate as their careers progress. Yeah, but, I think if you look at the big guys, like Saquon Barkley on a struggling offense, Derek Henry on a struggling offense with a new quarterback, same with Saquon Barkley, to be honest, you know, new quarterback. Um, Kenneth Walker's obviously got injured. Uh, he's going to be out for a while now, so we're going to see him fall down the list a bit more. Josh Jacobs had the slow start to the season. Um, the surprise, the surprising name in this list is Brian Robinson, yeah. being yeah. fourth on this list uh, of of uh, running backs, basically stats of this season. Um, but Raheem Mostert as well, you know, eleven touchdowns. That doesn't, you know, he's been fantastic. Gus Edwards as well with ten. He's currently yeah. second with more rushing touchdowns than Christian McCaffrey, which it, we can't believe. It's incredible. I mean, it, it's just, I I don't know whether I think maybe this speaks to uh, the way that good rushing production comes from good offences as opposed to good players, which is a bit of a, like, I don't know. It, it, but like you say, you talk about Saquon and Derek Henry. Um, I mean, I'm sure if you put Saquon in the Ravens' offence, he does oh, he'd be, uh, twice as good as Gus Edwards electric. does. He'd be electric. He'd be so good to watch. But, yeah, it's just... It, that, and that's what I mean, where uh, you get these star players, but if you if these star running backs, you know, they've got they've got to depend on five offensive linemen They've got to really have a passing game, otherwise this, the you know other teams just going to stack the box, and you can see that how that can like hamper their production, especially with Derrick Henry. I mean, mm-hmm. he seems to he seems to have like a good game, and then next thing you know, he's quiet for the next few games. I mean, that's two straight games with under forty yards rushing. So, 
and that that's off the back of three straight with over 75 yards so it just feels like running back production seems to be a bit random this year so if you were to let we've got fantasy coming towards an end trade deadline coming up if you were to have a top five for the rest of the season in fantasy oh, who God. would you have and we'll do it one by one so we'll start with number five and then we'll you know work our way up to one so who have you got at number five i've actually got my boy austin eckler austin eckler yeah just because uh his the rest of his schedule is so good yeah. Uh, outside of the Ravens next week, he's got the Pats after that, and then it's Broncos, Raiders, Bills, Broncos. I was so tempted to include him just because he's got the Broncos twice. twice yeah. And we know how bad the, the the rushing defense is, but I actually don't have him in my top five. No, okay. Which is fifth? quite a shock. I just think with the way that he performed against Green Bay it makes me very suspect of us Yeah. Eckler. I I I don't know. I, I feel like that was a one off. He had two he had three twenty point he had three straight 20-point games before that. So I feel like, I don't know, the Chargers as a whole were quite poor against the Packers. They were. So, but yeah. my five, I've gone for one of your boys, Alvin Kamara. Ooh, okay, the yeah. only reason for this being is how how well utilised he is in the passing game. Yeah. Especially if you're in a PPR league. I just feel like he is going to be one player that could really carry you in the playoffs. Um, Hopefully. <laughs> you, you need it this year. Yeah, I do. <laughs> you really need if it. I get there. <laughs> um, but yeah, I've got I've got Calvin, uh, Alvin Kamara. Uh, who have you got at four? At four, we just talked about Travis Etienne. Travis Etienne at four. four yeah. Okay, okay. I yeah. have a bit higher than that. But I'm, for my four, I've got B. John Robinson. Oh, wow. Uh, very very okay. similar reason for you uh, with your Austin Eckler. He's got such an easy run in uh, for the season. Okay. Uh, especially around the playoff time. Not so worried about Arthur Smith then? Not at all, no. <laughs> God, there I am. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, th- I think, obviously, he gets the ball. He does get the ball probably the most out of all them weapons. So yeah. I feel like B. John's a, a safe one. Maybe week 10 against the Cardinals as well. Those 22 carries, maybe they're, they're taking it in the right direction yeah, by exactly. actually giving him the ball and then at three I've got Jonathan Taylor again such an easy Ooh. schedule I think he is you saw me try and trade for him last night yeah, <laughs> in fantasy yeah. I was really desperate to try and get him uh, I got outed in the chat for, <laughs> for trying to get him but yeah I think he's got a really really easy run in and if you can get him go for him I, I can't <laughs> especially like with Zach Moss going going down yeah yeah no you're absolutely right because he's he's that workhorse isn't he um, I've actually gone with a guy who we knew was going to grow into the season, and he has done. It's Jameer Gibbs. He's got an easier schedule mm-hmm. coming up, um, and I really believe that, you know, he's slowly taking more and more snaps away from Monty. Uh, they're still going to use Monty because he's still that goal line guy, but the thing that I'm seeing is that it's not like, you know, like last year where it was like Swift gets them down the field, just subbing Williams as soon mm-hmm. as you're inside the five but Gibbs is still getting goal line carries and we saw that in the the Lions first touchdown was yeah. that little pitch using his speed to get to the outside so I don't know I think currently I value Gibbs over Monty whereas obviously at the start of the season yeah, I, definitely. I definitely had Monty over Gibbs even in the draft I had Monty mm-hmm. over Gibbs um, but yeah I don't know I, I, I think obviously Gibbs is going to be massive now and I'd, I'd agree I'd have Gibbs way over Montgomery right now yeah um, he's just going to see way more of the ball I only think that Mon- Dave Montgomery outsnapped him this week is just because it was a revenge game for Montgomery yeah and I just think that's the only reason yeah. why he got and the you ball you can tell by ball. the way he was running yeah right? <laughs> he really wanted that uh, for my two I have Travis Etienne uh, I, I said it at, oh, I said it a bit earlier about how good he's been this season yeah uh, and I also I've also got him this high because of how highly Doug Peterson's spoken about him and how he should be a 1,600-yard uh, running back this year. Uh, but that's not looking likely. But it, I do feel like they're just going to start using him a bit more. And even in the receiving game, he, we've seen his touchdowns. This is his high for his rushing touchdowns this, in his career so far. But even in the receiving game, he's he's getting utilised a bit more there. So that's why I've got ETN this high. I've actually gone with a guy who I never would have dreamed of coming close to the top five, and that's actually Raheem Mostert, Miami. Really? A guy who... Obviously, was and draft boards very, very low down. Um, and even with, I mean, it, I suppose it mostly depends on A-chan's injury, I think, uh, if he's missing more time or not. But, you know, most has got a pretty decent schedule coming up. Uh, he has to play the Jets twice, but that run defense is not their strongest uh, strongest part of that defense, obviously. Um, and also for me, it's, it's the fact that if A-chan isn't there, um, he gets, he seems to get like the workhorse load, like we just said a minute ago. Um, obviously, twenty-two carries last week. Uh, this last week, so mm-hmm. I think if if Achan was announced on IR, then I'd have him at least top three. Yeah. But they just haven't said anything yet, so there's a slight the, chance he yeah. might come back. That's the asterisk, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. Um, number one. Who have you got? At number one. <laughs> <laughs> Very easy. CMC. CMC. <laughs> yeah, I think that was obvious. Uh, yeah, he's just too good. Yeah. 
nice to stray away from the uh, Jags Titans game, which wasn't actually that exciting. <laughs> so uh, just nice little top five. We'll, we'll do some more of these over the weeks. Yeah, definitely. That was quite good. Okay, then let's move on to the next game, which was the Packers beating the Chargers. Very surprisingly, uh, it was just a complete crumble from what seemed to be every offensive weapon apart from Justin Herbert for the Chargers. Yeah. I feel so, so, so sorry for him. Uh, he must be thinking, what what more can I do? He had a, an, another amazing game. This is so similar to the Lions game, you know, a, a great stat line for him. Um, but just, I mean, Keenan Allen with a, the easiest touchdown catch of his career dropped. Yeah. Uh, and Quinn and Johnson at the end, man. Like, what's going on with that team? Uh, just as we thought Quentin Johnson was turning his career around and starting to, you know, just sort of peak as he came to the end of the season. Yeah, a, a tough drop. And that's going to be haunting him for the next few weeks, isn't it? Um, I think the thing with Herbert as well is it's not just his passing stats, but 73 yards rushing as well, I think, uh, was very good from him. Um, but yeah, just... I don't know that Chargers often the Chargers team as a whole like they just love like, throwing away games don't Austin they? Eckler as well we saw him break loose that he is the so slowest the he, slowest yeah. running back that looked like Najee Harris running rather than Austin Eckler honestly I could not believe that was I, I thought he was a fast running back until he got exposed down the side yeah line. literally yeah he just got eaten up from behind he was running in custard wasn't he <laughs> he was running in custard yeah it's a good way of putting it yeah. <laughs> um I think one one bright spark alongside Justin Herbert is also Donald Parham coming up um, with Gerald Everett obviously going down through injury, seeing the uh, the backup tight end actually do something, and especially with a six eight frame. Oh, he's massive, yeah, isn't he? I, th- I think he's a great weapon to have <laughs> as yeah. a backup tight end. So uh, I have no worries in how good he's going to be for for, for the uh, the Chargers for the rest of the season. Jordan Love had a strong showing, didn't he? Three hundred twenty two yards passing with two touchdowns. Um, these are what the games that we want to see from him. These are the games that he started the season with. So it's good to see him back at it against the Chargers yeah, defense that isn't bad, is it? Um, my one worry is Aaron Jones going down. Uh, that's not just because I own him in three separate fantasy leagues. Uh, <laughs> it's you know it's also for the sake of their offense. He's, we, we saw what happened when he went out earlier in the year. So hopefully it's, it's not a prolonged absence. But mm-hmm. AJ Dillon, you know he he took the reins and had a AJ Dillon two yeah, yards per yeah, carry game didn't do anything with it um, <laughs> which is disappointing but at least they got some production from Jaden Reed I mean he affected the passing game as well as the rushing game um, and Romeo Dobbs as well we, we, we're saying every week how Christian Watson I mean Christian Watson had the touchdown catch but, but again did. only off two catches that was the, his first target was the touchdown yeah he just seems to be sliding down the pecking order a bit yeah. doesn't he alright then let's move on to the Texans versus the Cardinals and CJ Stroud is definitely human yeah <laughs> three interceptions uh, it's, it's, it's the most that he's had all season not in just one game but the whole yeah. <laughs> the whole season yeah so it's almost far. like a welcome to the NFL moment it I mean, was it, it only took 11 weeks so that's pretty good for him but he threw three but, interceptions and also over 300 yards yeah yeah <laughs> I mean he's just a freak of nature man he's still uh, we're saying this after three interceptions he was so good on offense yeah you could imagine what he'd done if he hadn't thrown the three interceptions yeah. um, I think He's he's genuinely. I mean, I mentioned a few weeks ago. Does he sneak into the P- MVP race? Um, he's actually got the same odds as Josh Allen at the moment. I saw somewhere, which is I don't know, just incredible. He, not only is he running away with. I mean, could you imagine a guy getting offensive rookie and MVP in the same season? Never it's happened ridiculous. before, so that it would be ridiculous. would be very impressive. Yeah, he, I mean, he's an absolute joke, and he's he's actually got a running back now that's starting to to produce, which is oh, being, yeah. that being How Devin Singleton. Eh? What a comeback this yeah, is! Yeah, I know. mean, when when he, they signed him in the off season, we were like, that was one of those oh oh Texans signed Devin yeah. Singletary. Okay, Good right, back. thanks. Yeah, yeah. But you know, with Damian Pierce missing time, he's come in twenty two carries, one hundred and twelve. That's another like two straight hundred yard games. Just. Just workhorse. Yeah, there's no way Damian Pierce gets that running back feel back. Oh, uh, I, I do feel bad for him, uh, obviously, with the, the season that he had last year, but there's been no production from him at the start of the season. And Devin Singletary has taken this role in stride. Another guy that has come out of nowhere is also Tank Dell with the season yep. that he's having. Obviously, a rookie coming in this year, but <laughs> the man puts up 100 yards of fun each week. He does, yeah. <laughs> he's, he's just got that big playability, hasn't yeah, he? Yeah, he does. And I remember when uh, coming out of the preseason, there was all this talk about Tank Dell, and you know, you know, it happens every year. Oh, here's a guy who looked good in preseason. He's your fantasy sleeper. And you're like, yeah, you say that every year and it never happens. And look at this guy. I mean, nailed on. I, I, I dropped him after he got that concussion and I never got him back. <laughs> no, he's picked up instantly. And he's incredible. Been, he's been lightning. One bonus that I want to talk about the the Cardinals is just how good Kyler Murray is. I, yeah. He is just night and day what they needed. He is f- so good to watch. Even on that final drive, they got so unlucky. Uh, there was obviously the... 
bit controversial was it offside was it mm. you know was it neutral zone infraction you know what's going on there but there was obviously no movement from the offensive line which doesn't trigger the the offsides on the defense um i do feel like if they got that offsides then yep they would have easily scored you know that makes it a third and five yeah uh, they, they've got an easier chance of converting um uh, but he has just been so good for the Cardinals in the two games that he's come back with. Um, Greg Dortch as well being just the re- the receiver that who expected that. Yeah, he's the guy that stepped up. I just thought it would obviously be uh, Marquise Brown his go to guy. I was going to say so I quiet. can't believe he has been. I mean, I I targeted him as the guy to trade for in fantasy because of how well he played with Kyler last year. But that's two straight games of really poor showings. I mean, two catches this week and also minus six yards rushing. So they can't even get him involved in the rushing game. Um, uh, yeah, it's it's almost worrying for a first round receiver. This is a guy who, uh, you know, he, he he needs to make the most of these. Th- this sort of in the prime of his career now, mm-hmm. um, and he's not playing well. Uh, on the other side, one guy I do want to shout out who uh, I'm actually gonna. Yeah, you know exactly who I'm gonna talk. <laughs> I think w- one thing that's gonna happen in this podcast now is we're gonna have we're gonna build a team of FDT legends, right? <laughs> the FDT icons. one of them. <laughs> this guy's our starting linebacker for the FDT legends. <laughs> Blake Cashman, who Nine. we talked about a few weeks ago. 19 combined 19 tackles. Combined that tackles. is a what joke. guy. And there's a, I don't know if you saw the, um, there's an interview with one of the Texans players after the game where someone said, oh yeah, your teammate Blake Cashman had 19 combined tackles. And he was like, Jesus Christ. <laughs> <Couldn't believe it. laughs> he had no idea. That guy's all over the field. Yeah, he yeah. is, he's, he's a crazy man at linebacker. The, Fastest linebacker on Madden for a reason. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that was he, was, he was very good that year. Uh, but yeah, he is, the heart and soul of that defense. Even with Will Anderson coming through, he's he's shining. Out, he's coming out and shining. So fair play to him. It's quite cool to see. I think I, I might be wrong, but I think it was on on one drive we had uh, first round of Will Anderson with a sack, followed by first round of Derek Stingley with a pick, which I thought was pretty awesome. This Texans, this Texans team as a whole, God, they've got some stuff to it's look forward to in the next better. few years. They've obviously they? got Jalen Petrie at safety as well. Yep. So another another one to go, to highlight as well. So I think they're just a few pieces away from having a very scary defense. Next up, we got the Cowboys and the Panthers, um, a game that went about the way we expected it to. But, you know, the, the Panthers tried to remain competitive throughout. But, you know, this Cowboys team, they've they've been flying as of late, haven't they? And it was good to see the return of Tony Pollard. He found the end zone uh, for the first time since, I think, week one, wasn't it, against the Giants? Um, it's crazy that he's gone that long without, without yeah. scoring. Um, this is a guy at the start of the year that we thought would be the, the workhorse back in, in uh, Dallas. But, yeah, just hasn't had the, the kickstart to the season that we expected. Uh, but, yeah, definitely this week nice to see him feature a bit more. Obviously, Dak, again, had a very consistent game, was able to rely on the run game a bit more. So we didn't yeah. see C.D. Lamb have another 100-yard game or whatever. Yeah, I was, was going to say, yeah, <laughs> that streak's over. Um, but, yeah, you know, just a, a very standard uh, Dallas Cowboy performance and, the the main highlight obviously is how well that defense is how good that defense yeah. is should I say, um, Micah Parsons what three sacks on the day, <laughs> uh, Demarcus Lawrence is a guy that just hasn't had any like you know big highlight plays and I feel like this is this is the game where he's started to 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 come out of his bubble a bit and be that other big force on the on the line so they've just got so many weapons yeah I could go on about how good that defense is and they made life hell for Bryce Young. Yeah, and that's what we expected, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, you poor guys coming in, and like you say, it's just there's just players everywhere. The D line had seven sacks. We saw the uh, we saw the pick six from Deron Bland, which we talked about earlier. Um, you know, this, this Cowboys team they're ramping up at the right time, aren't they? Uh, I really, where what do you think they are? Because we we saw them, they got blown out by the Niners, didn't they, earlier in the year? Um, you say lost. you say obviously they're ramping up. Yeah. They haven't beaten a team with a winning record yet this season. Really? Yeah, they, oh, that's good they've, only be, they've only beat losing teams. Now, they do obviously come up against uh, some tough teams towards the end of their schedule. They've got the Bills coming up. Uh, they've still got to play the Eagles. So, it's it, with how easy their schedule has been, they should have a very good chance of, you know, at least trying to go for, uh, or, you know, taking the Eagles right to the end with that yeah. division. Um, but... I, you are right when you say you make the joke about ramping up because yeah. when you look back at the last four weeks, I mean, they batted the Rams, they batted the Giants, they batted the Panthers and lost the Eagles. And that, that's three teams that they should be battering, mm-hmm. really, isn't it? Absolutely. So, um, yeah, I suppose they, the Cowboys, they're building momentum because they're winning these games. They're winning yeah, them convincingly. Yeah. But, yeah, it's it's winning them against teams that, you know, they expect to win against. So they've got tough games to finish up the season. I mean, it's Commanders next week, followed by Seahawks, Eagles, Bills, Dolphins, Lions, and then back to the Commanders. I mean, 
I don't. They're not going to go zero for seven there. I don't think they will. But no. they're they're seven very competitive games. Yeah. If you if one if you want to have a home playoff game, yeah, you've got to at least be winning half of them. You yeah. Know, they, they've obviously had the 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 good start with the the good fortune they got in the schedule. But you know, we're gonna, really going to see if the Cowboys are serious with with how these next couple of games go. Next up, we have got the Giants versus the Commanders, which is one of the most confusing games of recent memory. <laughs> um, so. The Commanders outgained the Giants uh, in total yardage. Uh, they had more sacks. <laughs> they punted less. And they lost by 12 points. Turn of a bottle means the most, though. It really does. Six to zero, which is a yep. killer for the Commanders. And, they, you know, lost in the game in the end. Yeah. Uh, we, are we on somehow bad game now? I'm We're definitely on to say. We predicted thought, a good game, but it definitely yeah. was bad game. I'll tell you what, though, that rushing touchdown was incredible, though. Oh, yeah. Yeah, the way he pushed his way through the end zone, fighting through like a million tackles, it seemed like. It, yeah, it got given uh, at the start and then was like, yeah. let me just make sure. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And really tried to fight his way in to get in the end zone a second time. Uh, I, I do feel bad for him with just, you know, what's gone on with the commanders. There's a, been a lot of hoopla about um, Ron Rivera and if he's going to get fired. Um, Eric Bieniemy could take over as head coach, and I feel mm. like he'd be a great candidate for for oh, head coach absolutely. next year. For yeah. them. Um, but how good is Brian Robinson? I mean, he's yeah. just come out of nowhere this season and, and and been the absolute star on offense for them. You know, over seventy yards rushing, over fifty yards receiving. Well, that's my thing. It's the receiving yeah, game just, that I wasn't expecting from him. He's been a threat in both areas, which is fantastic to see. Danny DeVito had himself a good game. <laughs> Stop <didn't he? laughs> saying Danny DeVito. <laughs> Tommy DeVito had, Tommy DeVito had a very good game. I mean, he's now had more career games with multiple passing touchdowns than Kenny Pickett has. That's crazy. Yeah. I mean, and... Uh, do we blame Matt Canada? <laughs> uh, I, yeah, yes for the no. most part. I think it's yeah, yes but no. I mean, this is what I find weird about Pickett because he's shown promise where he's... It, it, it seems like... I, I don't often see him put together big games. Mm-hmm. You see him put together big drives. That's what I've noticed. He's put up a few big drives against the Ravens. I've seen it firsthand. <laughs> but it just, yeah, it's crazy that, you know, it it doesn't, I don't want to spend this segment bashing Kenny Pickett. We'll, we'll just move that aside. I think it's just the fact that Tommy DeVito's just had such a good game. I think, mm. you know, maybe he can keep this momentum and, uh, you know, hopefully help the Giants out while Daniel Jones is gone. I was going to say, Danny Dimes is a bit scared now that, <laughs> He's losing that Danny DeVito's coming in. <laughs> yeah. Um, the obvious one to talk about is Saquon. Obviously, yeah. Um, two touchdowns through the air. That catch was incredible oh, down the right side. Line. I kind of forget how good he is uh, as oh, a receiving yeah. back. Yeah, I mean, uh, he he kind of proved how good he was when Eli Manning was there, um, and, and being that that asset out of the backfield. But you know, definitely with with obviously the ACL injuries, we've kind of seen him feature as just just a rushing back. But today yeah. was or oh, Sunday was obviously different. You know, showed how good he was uh, as a receiver. Next up, we've got the 49ers versus the Buccaneers, uh, a game that saw Brock Purdy become the first quarterback to have a perfect passer rating since Joe Montana back in 1989. I thought that was incredible. He just, he was lights out, wasn't he? Uh, he 333 was. yards passing, three touchdowns. It was a classic Niners offense performance. Only four incompletions, I think, yeah. is the big highlight there. He was... It's literally a perfect game. You, you can't complain about that. I feel like every completion as well was also... On the money, yeah. <laughs> he didn't put a ball, ball wrong all game. Um, I, it obviously helps when you've got Brandon Ayuk, George Kittle, <laughs> Debo Samuel, and Christian McCaffrey to throw the ball to. Um, Brandon Ayuk obviously having a, a, a really a statement game. Obviously, yeah. he's been quiet since kind of the first two weeks of the season. Um, but you he know, flashed that big playability. That he's yeah, got, isn't he? he really That's did. what he's shown his whole career. Yeah. Um, and what was it, seventy-five yard touchdown, wasn't it? Yeah. Uh, it, obviously, that helps with the what was it? What did he put up week one? It was like almost 200 yards, two yeah, touchdowns. Was, yeah. and that was the brand Naik that, well, when I drafted him in fantasy, I was hoping for. <laughs> uh, and this week, de- he he definitely proved that again. Christian McCaffrey starts his touchdown record again. Yeah, is he, is he, back is, up going, won, isn't it? Won this game. Is he going to now go on for, what was it, 18 games now? Or? Yeah, we'll see if he can keep it up, <laughs> yeah. Um, on the other side, uh, Baker Mayfield having uh, a so-so game. Uh Definitely started the game strong. Uh, we saw him actually keep keep the first half first half quite close. Uh, and Mike Evans uh, coming down with that touchdown as well. Uh, he's obviously having a stellar season as well. Do yeah, it was only forty three yards for him, but he, he just produces touchdowns, and he? he's such a touchdown machine. Like he is, he knows how to. It, I, I was going to say he knows how to get open, but 
aside from that, he doesn't need to get open. He does, he's, he's got so the jump big. ball ability. Yeah. You know, that's seven touchdowns now for the season. He's only 220 yards off getting 1,000 yards this yard season. Mark. We're and celebrating we'll, that on this pod. That's that's another player for the FTT icons, <laughs> yeah, as Mike Evans. We've been talking about his 1,000-yard mark all year, haven't we? We have. Um, I want to talk about Rashad White as well. Um, obviously, there's a lot of talk about him needing to get replaced. Uh, his his stats were quite minimal. It was, it was only nine carries for 30 yards and a touchdown, but he was so productive in the passing game with six catches. Mm-hmm. Um, and aside from that, I think a guy that I'm shocked with how well he's produced fantasy-wise. Um, I mean, as as a PPR running back, he's like seventh, I think, ranked seventh yeah. in, in the in the league, which is incredible. I was not expecting that at the start. He's had yeah. a very quiet season, especially with how... Well, by quiet, I mean, he's not, you know, screamed about every week, this is flashy, your pickup, is this is yeah. your start of the week and things like that. He's He's been a guy that's uh, it's just been reliable this year. And I think that's what the, he, he hasn't done in, in previous years. There's been so many weeks where he's just been, you know, just the, ca- the casual 30 yards off yeah. 15 carries. Yeah. I know he obviously got 30 yards this week, but, you know, it was off It was off a smaller amount of carries. And like you said, it was very effective in the receiving game. Um, there was obviously the huge highlight play where he made, I, I mean, it's bad to say now what, what happened to Hafonga, mm-hmm. but obviously the torn ACL. He didn't, you know, make a man miss like that, who's also a fantastic open field tackler. Yeah. Um, you, you've got to be a somewhat decent running back to do that. Yeah, so. absolutely. Yeah, I mean, he's 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 having a very good season. So that, we've got to, we've got to sing his praises. Yeah. Last thing I just want to touch on before we move on is that I've just noticed looking at the stat sheet, seven point one yards per play for the Niners. I mean, this is the offense that if they can keep this rolling through to the playoffs, then you know they're going to cause problems for the yeah. same team. That's what you expect to see with the Niners. They are just a, a, a big play offense, uh, and seven point one yards is extremely impressive. We're only two weeks out from that Eagles Niners matchup. You know, oh, I can't wait. Exciting. For that one. Right, let's move on to the Buffalo Bills versus the New York Jets. Uh, the New York Jets, gosh. So they had their wide receivers this game totaled for nine yards. Wow. <laughs> I don't even have any words for that. That's... Obviously, Brees Hall was the, the standout running uh, wide receiver, or receiver. Yeah. But he's obviously listed as a, as a running back. Uh, the <laughs> Tyler Conklin was the the big leader. Hmm. Uh, well, no, sorry, and Jeremy Ruckett Jeremy Ruckett well, was yeah. also, uh, and their their biggest passing play to <laughs> yeah cornerback Brandon Eccles, isn't <laughs> yeah, it? Yeah, on special teams was it's the first kind of receiver that you look there and go, he's a wide receiver. No, he's not. He is a uh, he is a, a cornerback. Corner. Yeah, <laughs> it, it it's a a stark contrast to Week One. Right? Yeah. Um, I think we saw the Jets defense in Week One, particularly uh, Jordan Whitehead. Uh, wreaking havoc, wreaking havoc for the Bills. Mm-hmm. Um, this week, Allen he did throw an interception, but just much, much better performance from him. I think. Yeah. Um, three touchdown game, two hundred seventy-five yards, uh, effective on the ground as he has been. But the guys who, uh, who I thought was it's interesting to see stepping up. I mean, Stephon Diggs with four catches, twenty-seven yards. It was Khalil Shakir and uh, Dalton Kincaid that mm-hmm. were sort of leaving, leading the line. Um, What's your opinion on Diggs? Where, where where do you think he stands as a Buffalo Bill in the future? Do you think he'll be there next year? <laughs> I, I I do just think he's he, the last two games he's come up against the two best cornerbacks in the league. Yeah, uh, I think obviously people hate on Source Gardner a lot, uh, but I think it, the highlights and the, the clips that I saw, he was locked down. He was yeah. so good to to watch. I felt like he gave Diggs no breathing room whatsoever. And when Diggs get the cat uh, did get his catches, he was in motion or against, against someone else other than Source Gardner. So I, I, I think he yeah, it's tough for Diggs. Uh and obviously came up against Pat Pete uh Pat, Pat Pete uh Patrick uh, Satan last week. Yeah. So I feel like he will stay. Mm-hmm. Um I think he he will He'll realise how lucky he is to have a, a quarterback like Josh Allen, who yeah, can, absolutely. who has the ability. He is a gunslinger. Yeah. You know, there's no harm in throwing interceptions when you're able to to move the ball down the field like he is. So, I I still think he'll be a Buffalo Bill by the by the start of next season. Yeah, if he wants a new quarterback, there's not many other places he can no. go to get the sort of guy that he wants. Exactly. Um, on the subject of good cornerback play, how about Rasul Douglas on the other side? Who's just obviously they just traded for him. Um, and he ended up with two interceptions. So uh, great play from him, um, I think. Yeah, that's why you go after a guy like that. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, when you're missing, yeah, when you're missing Tre'Davious White, mm-hmm. um, you need a guy like that to step in and not just cover the top receivers on the other side, but yeah, get the turnovers as that, well, which that, is great. To that see. definitely pays already. Just for oh yeah, what was it? A fifth round pick? A third round pick? It was some. I, th- I want to say it was a third, but I'm not sure. It was definitely yeah. cheap, wasn't it? That's that, that, that's going to at least pay for that. I yeah. mean, a, a big big game against a division matchup where you lost the tiebreaker at the start of the season. Yeah. Uh, to to bring that back this week, uh, that definitely pays for that. 
One final point for that game is that Zach Wilson has now been dropped as the starting quarterback. He's not just been dropped. I was going to say, yeah. He's now third string. He fell. Yeah. <laughs> he, he, he did fall. So now Tim Boyle is going to start for the rest of the season with Trevor Simeon as the backup. Uh, <laughs> some tape that I've watched too much of yep. is Trevor Simeon. Yep. Uh, I've experienced two seasons of that pain, but I hope the Jets don't have to go through that with Trevor Simeon again. Yeah, it'll be interesting to watch uh, how you know how Tim Boyle can do under the circumstances. Uh I feel like it's one of those situations where we're going to see, is it all Zach Wilson? Is it a product of this Jets O-line that's been really poor? Um, but I don't know. I, I, I can't see Tim Boyle turning anything around for the Jets, honestly. I, I also have to say that play calling's got to change. Yeah. I, I just... You would say that. I would say... I know I would say that, but he is uh, just... Yeah. He is dreadful in the yeah. I mean, he's not putting any of the playmakers in good situations. We've seen Garrett Wilson fall off a cliff this year I mean I know he's got Zach Wilson at quarterback but you've got to, you've got to at least create some space for him with these dial up plays but you know you're calling up stick plays in man coverage I don't get why you do that when the, the, I mean the only chance it was a third down you call you know sticks five yard curls across the board against press man coverage I don't get why you do yeah. that call it just doesn't make sense so, but I mean yeah that, that's my view on it yeah no you're absolutely right I mean it, there's a number of things that the Jets need to change. They've been unlucky this year not having Rodgers. I feel like um, these are the cracks that start to show when you're playing with a backup quarterback. Maybe Rodgers would be able to hide this sort of thing like with just with his level of play. Um, but yeah, I think the Jets, they've got another long off-season ahead of them, I think. Um, they need to get Rodgers healthy. They need to get that O-line bolstered and they need to sort out the play calling. Uh, and then they can possibly look to next season's playoffs as contenders maybe. Next up, we've got the LA Rams getting a crucial victory over the Seattle Seahawks and really just with any slim chance keeping their playoff hopes alive, especially securing the tiebreaker over the Seattle Seahawks. Yeah, I couldn't believe it. Mm. Um, I mean, week one, we were surprised. Uh, but yeah, just do it again here where the Rams just haven't been that good the last few weeks. Uh, and especially with Cooper Cup going down, they were missing him. But Pukunakua stepped up in the way he has done all season. Five receptions, 70 yards and a touchdown. Um, they've got uh, Kyron Williams coming back next week I think as well yep. haven't they so you know maybe the Rams can make a late push for the playoffs maybe just there's, sneak there's into a, that seven there's seed. a very slim chance you know uh, 10 and 6 would be enough to push them through in the, the NFC it's kind of uh, there's quite a big gap from, from the big guys in the NFC, NFC to the yeah. to the wild card uh, team so you know they've, they've got a good chance to it Royce Freeman's done a great job filling in uh, running back you know was able to put up over 70 yards uh, he hasn't done that since he was a Denver Bronco, so <laughs> that's uh, that's always good to see. Um, but yeah, Matthew Stafford couldn't come back at a, a better time, really. Yeah. They've they've got a big couple of games coming up. You know, division matchup against the Cardinals, which is going to be huge, and then um, also I think they they end the season against the Niners as well. So they're going to be two massive games to try and try and get that push. Um, but the Seahawks, obviously, devastating loss for them. We we saw Drew Lock come in and. Didn't impress one bit. Um, no. uh, they definitely still need to stick with Gino for the time being. Uh, and Zach Charbonnet is going to see a lot more of the ball now that Kenneth Walker is injured. Yeah, I think the Rams, um, they're one of five, four win teams at the moment. So they're, they've got a chance to sneak in that seventh seed, like we say. The Seahawks, on the other hand, I think as long as they can keep winning, winning the games they should be winning, I think they can sneak into the playoffs. Um, it is going to be tight, though, isn't it? It is going to be tight, especially with the way the Vikings are playing. Um despite the loss this week of course yeah. but I, I think I do think the Seahawks can make the playoffs but yeah they've just got to they've got to work it out because they just they play really well one game I mean they they beat the Browns uh, they beat the Commanders and then either side of them two games they got battered by the Ravens and lost to the Rams so the, the next three games are, are so important if they can get one one win out of them next three games obviously they, they go nine oh sorry next four games oh, yeah. they go Niners Cowboys Niners Eagles if they can get one win out of that, they've got Yikes. a great chance of the playoffs. But yeah. you, they they do finish the season strongly with with Titans, Steelers, and Cardinals. But mm -hmm. they need to get one win out of those next four games. And it's doable, isn't it? I mean, it's two home games there. Mm -hmm. We know what Seattle's like. It's it's not fun for any team to no, go to there. Not at all. Um, so you know they could make it happen. Uh, I do think the Seahawks Niners game will be an interesting one uh, this Thursday night. So you know, hopefully, we can see the Seahawks push for the playoffs. Next up, we've got the Broncos versus the Vikings. Before we touch on that, we better go over the Broncos versus the Bills that we missed out on last week because we recorded on Monday. 
Uh, vintage Russell Paulson performance Absolutely. against the Bills. So good to see. I, I thought the whole team played excellent. Defense was fantastic. Uh, I'll keep it short and sweet, but that was a really, really good performance from the Broncos. You should have changed your mind, shouldn't you? You said we we said on our way to record the episode, you said you were feeling a bit more confident about picking the Broncos to win, <laughs> but you didn't want to change your mind on the answer. And uh, and should have stuck with it. Should have stuck with it. Yeah, you should have stuck with the gut. Yeah. But I did this week. Uh, yeah. and it was a close one. My it goodness, close it was one. a close one. Twenty-one to twenty. Broncos coming out with a victory with their fourth quarter comeback. Uh, the story of the season: Russell Wilson to Cortland Sutton. Cortland Sutton now on eight touchdowns for this season. Yeah, uh, that was a, that was a that felt like a twenty nineteen Cortland Sutton. It was a it was a really strong performance from him. Uh, and Jerry Judy as well came up with with some really crucial catches, especially when the run game wasn't wasn't very productive for the Broncos. Especially on the final drive, I thought Samaje Pirine was massive. He had four consecutive receptions just to move the chains every single time. Wow. So he was stellar. Uh, I've got to talk about Josh Dobbs as well because he was infuriating to watch. I, he was just so good. He was so good at breaking down the defense. Yeah. There was we had no real way of stopping him until we got the the fumble on Matson, and then obviously the uh, the the actual interception, which was we got very lucky on that. It was it was only because I think it was Jonathan Cooper was just able to touch his elbow, which caused a wobbly pass. So. You know, we, he's going to be a great quarterback for that Vikings team. And yeah, they, they're so. definitely going to make a strong push for the playoffs. Um, but yeah, God, it feels good. It feels good. Most important Most team I was going to say in the that, NFL. Yeah, that four really? straight wins yeah. now? Um, and the fact that I saw a stat the other day that was something like, so since you're 70, you gave up the 70 points to the Dolphins, I think in the game since then, you've given up 68 points collectively. So the defense has just made a shift, a big shift. I mean, and this is where I want to applaud uh, your front office for all that talk about the Broncos fire sale. It didn't happen. Mm-hmm. You, you, I think, what was it? Was it just Frank Clark that went? Frank Clark, uh, Randy Gregory, and then oh, obviously course, we made yeah. all them shifts of defensive personnel. Exactly, yeah. So you, you only, for, for what was talk of a fire sale, mm-hmm. you, you kicked out two players that weren't performing anyway. Uh, and like you say, you shift around the personnel and now you find yourself winning four straight sat at five and five and we said like we said the FC tight but you know could you look do you think you could sneak yeah, in could happen, I, it could happen I've, obviously all credit is going towards George Payton with what he's been able to do as the GM he has been fantastic being able to get out of the Randy Gregory contract move that over to to the 49ers yeah um with with the hiring of uh, Sean Payton I mean it just showed this offense looks completely different to what I've been watching the last couple of years so you know, it's, it's just so good to see. But the next two games are massive. Obviously, we come up against the uh, the Cleveland Browns this week, and then also the biggest game against the Houston Texans, and that really will decide the playoff push. So, yeah, I think you're if we can right. get two wins there, that'd be fantastic. <laughs> yeah. One area it seems there's a need to polish out is definitely the run defense for the Broncos. I mean, Alex Singleton had 16 combined tackles, but outside of that, I mean, the teams are still able to run the ball on the Broncos quite easily, aren't they? Oh yeah, definitely. I mean. Out of the whole league, the Broncos are still ranked last in run defense, and it, it's only literally the pass defense carrying them up to a, a top twenty defense, which is crazy to think with, yeah. <laughs> with, uh, with how poorly they performed the, uh, against uh, Miami at the start of the season. But you've also got to give credit to Madison and uh, Ty Chandler, who had both had really good games for the Vikings. So, yeah, I think they'll they'll be a, a great one-two punch for the Vikings for the rest of the season. Final game of the week is a rematch of last season's Super Bowl, the Kelsey Bowl between the Chiefs and the Eagles. This time, the Eagles get the better of the Chiefs. Um, it was an interesting game, wasn't it? Uh, we mentioned earlier how uh, the biggest narrative was the Chiefs' drops, especially Valdez Scantling. I mean, he had that chance for the game-winning catch, dropped it, so he was left with zero catches on the day. Uh, like we said, Kelsey had a few drops. He had that uh, fumble that was um, you know, so pivotal in the game. Uh, looking forward to the new Heights episode because <laughs> that will be uh, a fun one to it will be. hear about. Um, the guy I want to credit on the Chiefs is Isaiah Pacheco. I mean, we talk about an Eagles run defense that's so strong and he just ran the ball so well. He was, <laughs> And it was the long runs as well, like the 10-plus yeah. like yard runs that were just incredible. And I love watching him run. He just looks so angry. He's the most aggressive just, runner really since Adrian Peterson. Yeah. I'm going to stick by that. The man looks so angry every time he runs the ball. But yeah, he had a he had a stellar game. I think both running backs did on both oh, yeah. sides of the ball. You know, uh, DeAndre Swift had a, had a really good game as well. Uh, Devonta Smith on the other side had a, had a very, very good game as well. Um, I think one thing that really surprised me is now that Jalen Hurts has come out as MVP favorite, despite not having the greatest game in the world, I thought. Um Passing wise, he he uh, he really struggled, but um, you know 
just shows how good that that tush push is. Oh yeah, <laughs> it really inflates his box score, yeah, doesn't it? it yeah, does. he's getting rushing touchdowns every game. Uh, although it, I must say, like we see the two rushing touchdowns, we think it's two sneaks, but one of them was obviously that really well, that beautifully designed uh, quarterback run, which came at such a key point in the game. Um, it was interesting to see AJ Brown so quiet. Uh, only the one catch for eight yards, but like you said, it was Devonta Smith who stepped up, and DeAndre Swift got involved in the passing game as well. There was just, you know, it was a great game from them too. Yeah, I think one final point that I want to touch on is uh, the actual the turf that they played on. Obviously, that was a big to- talking was, point in the Super Bowl with uh, zero sacks. Then there was actually a total of seven sacks in this game, and it was actually the Chiefs that were able to get more. Oh, really? Chiefs had six sacks, but it does show that the turf was able to to make an impact on this game. Yeah, 100%. Um, I mean, we saw literally like 15 seconds into the game, Hassan Ruddick absolutely flattened Mahomes, didn't he? Uh, with a huge sack on third down. Uh, so, you know, both teams have a great pass rush. Uh, Chris Jones was involved. Carl Aftis was involved. So, you know, some big plays from both of them. Uh, from the Eagles' defense as well, also, how about Kevin Bayard getting his first pick as an Eagle? Yeah, we saw two new guys actually make plays for the Eagles. Obviously, Kevin Bayard got the uh, the big interception. Then also Bradley Roby making a Bradley return. Roby. <laughs> Bradley Roby yep. making a return uh, where he had the huge uh, uh, fumble recovery for the Broncos in 2015. Comes back in 2023 with a with a big forced fumble against Travis Kelsey. So uh, the new pickups have been very good for the Philadelphia Eagles. Yeah, because they've been short at defensive back uh, all year, haven't they? So really good moves from the front office to keep themselves stacked in that corner and you know hopefully they can outlast these injuries all right then let's move on to our predictions of the week this is the second best week of the nfl regular season because it is thanksgiving it is um so that means some early games that we can watch on thursday uh we've got we're going to start off with what seems to happen every single thanksgiving is the lions taking on the packers who are you going to take sam uh in detroit um, Packers did have a good win last week but I think the Lions I think they're the easy pick here um, hopefully Jared Goff can bounce back from that awful performance and you know turn it around get the Lions the dub yeah I'm also going to take the Lions here I think they're too too good of a force to be stopped for the Packers so yeah take a Lions dub let's move on to again Thursday night Cowboys versus the Commanders I am going to go with the Cowboys here Sam who are you going to take I really want to go Commanders honestly but after that last week um, I think yeah I think we have to go Cowboys don't we uh, statement game for them. They need to make the most of this and get some divisional wins under their belt. And then let's move on to the final Thanksgiving game. We've got the Seahawks taking on the Niners. Huge game here. We saw at the start of the season I predict the Seahawks to win this division. So part of me really wants to just, just throw out there Seahawks win. You know what? I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. I am going to do it. I think I think in Seattle, um, I think they can really cause some issues for Purdy. Um to be honest, I'm not really that convinced that they will win, but I want to throw <laughs> out that you're prediction. You're trying to convince I want yourself. That <laughs> yeah, I really am, aren't I? Yeah, I want to throw out that prediction because I, I think I genuinely think it could happen. And uh, you know, we yeah, I'll, I'll go Do with it. it. Seahawks, Seahawks dub. Yeah, cool. I'm going Niners. <laughs> <laughs> Shock. Shock there. Okay, we've also got a uh, Friday night game. Oh wow! Yeah, yeah, yeah so it's, that, yeah. it's it's, it's going to be a Black Friday game, the first ever. Of course, it is. Uh, yeah. I'm going to take the Jets actually winning over Miami. Can Ooh. you believe that? Yes, I think Tim Boyle is going to ball out in a familiar offense for him. He was uh, the backup for Aaron Rodgers when Nathaniel Hackett was there. So I'm going to take Tim Boyle. So I was just laughing to myself that Tim Boyle's going to boil out. He's going to boil out. <laughs> he is indeed. Uh, but I don't think he will, to be honest. I think Dolphins take it. I, I think you make a good point, though. Yeah, of course, he was with uh, Rogers and Hackett back in the Packers days. Um, but I think the Dolphins, I don't know. I think that Jets run defense might just struggle to contain most of it. Um, and I think the Dolphins have some good pressure coming off the edge. And, you know, Jalen Ramsey's flying at the moment, isn't he? So I could see him getting another interception and Dolphins winning it. Let's move on to the first of the Sunday games. The Indianapolis Colts take on the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Sam, who are you going to take? Uh, I think fresh off the bye week for the Colts. I think they're going to be feeling good about this one. So I'll take Indianapolis. I think Minshew Mania gets back on track. Um, they were pretty boring last time out in Germany, weren't they? But um, I think they're going to they're going to overcome that. And yeah, I'll pick the Colts. I am going to go for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers here only because of how close the NFC South is. And I feel like every game is so important to every single one of them teams that Tampa just need to step up and start winning these these games that, that, are, that are winnable games for them. Let's move on to the... Let's move on to the Giants taking on the Patriots here. 
I don't know where to go with this, so I'm going to leave it to you, Sam. To <laughs> it's funny, isn't it? We we said two weeks ago with the Colts Patriots, like the Manning Brady, and we've got another Manning Brady. But yeah, yeah they're bo- a lot more boring this time around, aren't they? Um, oh, it's Tommy DeVito and it, Mac Tommy Jones. De- <laughs> it is indeed, and I'm going to go with Mac Jones on this one. I think the Patriots will do it. I think specifically the Patriots defense will give DeVito some struggles. Um, so yeah, I'll go with the Patriots. I really wanted to go with the Patriots, but I'm going to be different and go with the Giants, <laughs> just so we can have a bit of uh, a bit of uh, a do differential. Want to, do you want to switch? Because as I was talking about, it, I was thinking, I tell you what, Saquon could go off against the Patriots. Saquon's <laughs> going to go off. Yeah, yeah, no, I think Saquon will go off, and yeah. the Giants will get the win. Okay, we are now moving on to the AFC North matchup between the Cincinnati Bengals and the F- Pittsburgh Steelers. Almost said the Philadelphia Eagles. <laughs> um, Joe Burrowless. Cincinnati Bengals and the Matt Canada-less Oh my god, Steelers, yeah, this is going to be a really is exactly interesting exactly why I'm going to pick the Steelers because I think surely they can't get worse. <laughs> oh, this is really I mean, tough. They're re- we still don't know who's taken the offensive coordinator job. We said, um, I think they were looking at their quarterbacks coach. Um, there were rumours they were looking at their quarterbacks coach, Mike Sullivan, and their running backs coach as well, Eddie Faulkner. We don't know who that's going to be so far as a recording. Um, whether they're more competent than Matt Canada, I don't know, but... Um, yeah, I just think that Steelers defense is going to give Jake Browning some trouble. Uh, and yeah, I'll I'll go with the Steelers for this one. I was really trying to convince myself to take the Steelers. But I just feel like it being in Cincinnati and the Steelers, like you say, not having an offensive coordinator going into this week, especially with this week of preparation, I'm going to go with the Cincinnati Bengals. I just feel like Browning's going to be more familiar with this offense than probably what Kenneth Pickett will be with a, with a new style offense involved. So yeah, I'm going to take the Bengals. Let's move on to the Titans versus the Panthers here. I am oh, it's rookie versus rookie, isn't it? It Ooh, is indeed. We've got yeah. Levis versus Bryce Young. I'm going to take Bryce Young here. Okay, yeah. I think I might take Levis. We are going different. This. We are going different. Yeah. <laughs> All right, then let's move on to the next one, which is the AFC South matchup of the Houston Texans and the Jacksonville Jaguars. Sam, who are you taking? It's got to be Houston. I think they're hosting it. I think the Jags, I, I'm really not feeling convinced by the Jags at the moment. And, you know, the Texans have convinced me. Outside of this last game where Stroud, you know, looked, like you said, a human uh, with the three interceptions. Outside of that, he's just been lights out. And I think this is going to be a great game. This I is, really do this think this is going to be the game to watch. Game. This, this decides the, the, the seeding of that of that division, really. It seems who's, like it, doesn't it? Yeah, and who's going to be the wildcard team going through. So I am going to go for the Jacksonville Jaguars. Okay, I just yeah. feel like Trev's going to be able to do a bit more against that defense. Uh so yeah, I'm going to pick I'm going to pick the Jags. Yeah, if the Texans win, they'll both be sat at 7 and 4. Mm. Uh so yeah, like you said, and they'll have I mean, the uh the tiebreaker over them, which is huge. Of course they will, yeah. Oh, come on Houston. I want to see Houston win this division. <laughs> Let's go from one divisional matchup to another. We've got the Atlanta Falcons taking on the New Orleans Saints. I am going to go for the New Orleans Saints here fresh off a of bye week. I think that's going to be key for them. Uh, so, yeah, I'm going to take the Saints. Let's not forget the Falcons are Falcons also on the bye aren't they? Yeah, so it's two teams with lots of rest uh, ready to get back at it. Um, and also Desmond Ridder's been given the starting role back, hasn't he? Um, he has. So that would be interesting to see. I think Derek Carr is still in concussion protocol, so um, we might not see him back. It might be a uh, famous Jameis taking them on. Um, and for that reason, I think I'm going to pick the Falcons. I think, uh, I think if it is Winston... That Falcons defense is strong enough to uh, give them some issues. So, yeah, I'll go with Atlanta. Next up, we have another divisional matchup. We have the Cardinals taking on the Rams. I am going to take the Rams here. I mentioned uh, in an earlier section that the Rams are they're going to need every win that they can get in this playoff push if they're really going to you know, make something of it. Uh, Matthew Stafford back, but no, well, it's, it's kind of up in the air if Cooper Cup's going to play. Uh, but, yeah, I'm still going to take the Rams. Yeah, I mean, Cooper Cup's day-to-day at the moment, isn't he? Uh, so that's one to keep an eye on. It, it's a tough one because I really, you know, Arizona at home, I really want to give Kyler the uh, benefit of the doubt here because um, I do think, I don't think there's much separating these two teams. Uh, and you know what, for that reason, yeah, I will go with Kyler, Kyler and the Cardinals um, with home advantage. I think they can do it. Next up, we have the Broncos versus the Browns. Sam, who are you going to take here? The Flying Broncos. Uh <laughs> It's tough. Oh, it's really tough. It's really tough. Um, I think given the Browns only put up 13 points on the Steelers, obviously the Steelers' defense is quite good, but I think um, I think the Broncos' defense will have more success uh, against the Browns' defense. So, um, yeah, I'll pick the Broncos for this one. I think that I'm very scared of that, that Browns' defense. I yeah. think, you know, 
when you've got Miles Garrett going up against either side, Mike McGlinchey or uh, Garrett Bowles, it's, it's going to be a, a tough day for both of them. I'm hoping they're both prepared for it. Uh, but I, I've got to be a homer still, man. You know, most informed team in the league against uh, a, a rookie quarterback. Uh, yeah, I'm going to pick the Broncos. It's one of the biggest home advantages in the league as well, isn't it? Mile Absolutely, Stadium, yeah. So, yeah. Got to take that into account. Next up, another huge game this week. We've got the Eagles taking on the Bills. Sam, who are you going to go for here? I think I'm going to go with the Eagles. Um, the Bills, they got back on track last week, but we've seen in the last few weeks where they just haven't seemed to be that team we expected them to be. Um, whereas the Eagles, you know, they've just knocked off the Chiefs and I think they're rolling their way to the playoffs with loads of momentum. So, yeah, I'll pick the Eagles in this one. Yeah, the Bills have got such a tough run in for, for this playoff push. Uh, it's going to be really, really tough for them to, to t- you know, take on Miami and really push for that division. So I'm, I just don't see them doing it. So I'm going to take the Eagles. Next up, we have the Raiders versus the Chiefs. I'm going to pick the Chiefs here. Keep this short and sweet. The Raiders have been struggling. The Chiefs are desperate for a win again. So yeah, I'm going to take the Chiefs. It's weird because the Raiders have been struggling, but they seem to keep be keeping games close, um, which is almost confusing. Uh, this one, I think maybe they keep it close again. Uh, but yeah, I'll agree. I think the Chiefs get back on track with the win. Sunday night football, we have the Chargers versus the Ravens. Sam, are you going to stay up for this one? Oh, I would do if I didn't have such an early start Monday. I'd <laughs> love to. I think it'll be the first thing I'll wake up. I'll wake up. Get, first thing I'll do is uh, put the game in 40 on, get that watched. Because um, this is going to be an incredible game, isn't it? Um, I think I'm going to pick the Ravens. I think the Chargers have just, they've not convinced me over the last few weeks. They haven't looked to be as strong as a team that we would, you know, normally expect from them. Um and especially after our big win with the Bengals uh, last, this last week, I think uh, we can keep that momentum running. I think with that first seed in sight for the uh, the Ravens in the AFC, I feel like they're just going to take every game by storm. So, yeah, I'm going to take the Ravens here. All right, let's move on to the final game of the week, Monday Night Football, the Minnesota Vikings taking on the Chicago Bears. Sam, who are you going to take? Oh, this is a tough one, isn't it? This is a really tough one. Um the Bears really impressed me with their performance against the Lions, and I think for that reason, I might actually pick the Bears to go wow. into Minnesota and uh, maybe just knock off Josh Dobbs. I'm going to go against you. I just think that Josh Dobbs is—he is some player, and I feel like in that home stadium, he's—it's another week under his belt, and he's going to benefit him. So yeah, I'm going to take Josh Dobbs. And that is a wrap for this week's episode of the Four Down Territory podcast. Uh, we've got the Flying Denver Broncos. Yes, flying Denver Broncos. <laughs> that is going to be the, this week's title because they Absolutely. can't be stopped. Yeah, they can't. I mean, it's incredible. Four wins straight is just nothing like what we were expecting. Is that we, we It felt like it was going to be a very depressing season talking about the Broncos oh, no. every week uh, losing. But, you know, you've, you've there's some, around, there's some life in the there's old horse, I tell you. There really is. Make sure you follow us over on Instagram and TikTok, FDT underscore podcast. Pass the pod and we'll see you guys next time. Go Ravens. Ha, ha, ha.